The more I've read this psalm, the more persuaded I am that the Spirit gave the author inspired insight into Jesus' inner life so that we can learn how to come to this book the way he did. The Bible tells us of all the stories about his early life, the only one we get shows us as a 12-year-old, he was absolutely obsessed with the Bible. He was praying, memorising, reading, studying all the time. He was always pointing people all over the Bible from memory. So if Jesus did say this psalm, he surely says it as its most complete fulfilment, as the one who can say it with complete integrity. So let's see with Jesus' way of reading the Bible. Now, those objections we had at the beginning, that I don't understand it and I don't feel like it. How actually the scriptures can tackle that if we come to him in faith, if we're obedient and have our thoughts taken captive and made obedient to Jesus. So first objection, it's too hard to understand. Jesus gives us understanding when we obey. Jesus gives us understanding when we obey. So verse 33 and 34, the ones we sung. So you've heard several different versions this morning. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Understanding and obedience are totally woven together throughout this psalm. There are scholars with giant degrees who have given their whole life to studying this book who have no clue what it means. I've read them. A lot of commentaries are like that, unfortunately. And the reason is simple. They have no interest in obeying it. Our prayers to understand need to go hand in hand with prayers for courage to do what it clearly says. So verse 100 is another example. Sorry, flicking around quite a bit. Again, we did have this one read out. I am even wiser than my elders. Well, why? Because I keep your commandments. I've kept your commandments. That whole section, as Clive read out, has a lot about that. So on this point about obedience, as opposed to understanding apart from that, it challenges two attitudes that are very prevalent, that are reasons given for why people don't understand it. And you will come across this, so I'd love to warn you. Uh, The first is, and this is where you get scholarship and people saying it's difficult to understand, the Bible is somehow really old really difficult and only about history, not about now. That's one problem people have. And the second is, this is kind of just a random mixture of like Confucius statements. And we can interpret it however we like. Just find a bit that confirms what we already think and say, oh, there, the Bible says so. And neither of them are really about obeying the Bible. So that first thing, it's something I come across all the time, that it's too difficult, it's for scholars, for experts. Both the text itself, 
different language, very old, and the events that it deals with are so dusty with the passage of time that only highly skilled historians and archaeologists can even attempt to get back to what it might mean. And then a whole load of other highly skilled people, after they've done all that, have to do a painstaking comparison with, you know, the ancient Near East and Babylon and what they were thinking at the time and what the political structure and the society was like and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's a lot wrong with that way of doing things. But the major reason why it's wrong is nobody in the Bible bothers with that. (laughs) So when the New Testament quotes the Old Testament, which is at least as old to them as it is to us, really, they just say what it says about Jesus and their contemporary situation without explaining all the historical context and stuff. It's just not relevant for them. The only thing they expect anyone to do is to go back and read it. That's what they do. They just quote it and say, oh, go and read it and you'll find out what it means. All the Western Bible scholarship stuff is great for a course in ancient Near Eastern history. That's fine. But Jesus doesn't really care about any of that when it comes to actually reading it. The way this psalm describes the Bible is as the only secure foundation of truth in the shifting sands of human thinking over centuries. We heard it, verse 89, let's read it again. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Verse 91, your regulations remain true to this day for everything serves your plans. They're not guidelines, suggestions, tips that might have been relevant once and now are out of date. They're decrees, commands, instructions, laws. We're dealing with the God who is eternal. Because of all he is, what he says is uniquely able to burst out of history or place. And even a few hundred years ago, this is what every Christian clearly believed and assumed. Even now, this is what the vast majority of the church across the world builds everything on. When they read the Bible, they hear God speak of his son, Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit. And a lot of these people who are desperate to get the Bible, some of them can barely read. It's nothing to do with how clever they are. It's to do with their hunger to obey. And just another little thing on this. It's not the stuff that happened that shows us Jesus. It's how Jesus talks to us about it. Do you ever find this? There's a lot of stories in the news right now, like the wildfires. We're wondering, well, did people start them? And if they did, why? You know, that's something we want to know, isn't it? We want to know what went on in all these inquiries about lockdown and stuff. We don't believe the reports that are given. We want to find evidence to find out what really happened. But if we try and do that with the Bible, we're trying to be as ignorant as the people who were there at the time. Do you see that? So most of the people who were there when it happened have no idea what's going on. 
They're just like, oh, right, what? We're walking through the Red Sea now. Whoa, whoa, okay. I'm just going to go and worship the golden calf now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if they were there seeing it happen, that doesn't actually give them much information. The thing that really happened is what Jesus tells us happened. And if we want to go around what he says, we're basically calling him a liar. That shows that our refusal to obey is happening. So it's not the events, it's what is written, whatever degrees we've got. So that's one way, just saying, oh, well, it's really hard to understand, so I have to get a mega degree and ignore it, basically. That's one approach. You might have come across another. People come to the Bible like it doesn't really mean anything. (laughs) It's just a lucky dip. I'll just let it fall open and read some words and then think, wow, now I know something from God because it's like a sort of magic thing. Any claim that this is just what the Holy Spirit is saying now makes the Holy Spirit a rubbish Bible student (laughs) and it puts him at odds with Jesus and his father. If the Bible only ever speaks to me on my own and only I'm getting this little nugget that I've got and nobody else has ever seen it say that before, we're actually mocking the Bible. We need to read the Bible in community with church, prayerfully asking Jesus to give us understanding, just as he asked his father, seeking this Holy Spirit who unites people in understanding the Bible, who breathes life into these words. That will free us to live the risen life that Jesus calls us to. So if we think the Bible's too hard to understand, well, we understand when we obey Last bit, and we'll particularly look at verse 30, uh, let's see, no, verse 40 to 48, or 41 to 48 for this one. So this is just, I don't feel like reading it. I don't feel like it. Well, Jesus awakens our emotions when we obey. Uh, You see in your Bibles, you've got war at the top. Do you see that? Uh, So that is a single letter in Hebrew that is kind of like V, And if you stick that letter on the front of any word, it means and. So every single one of these words is like and, and, and. So they're all connected together. And when you realise they're connected together, there's a bit of a story that unfolds. Just follow with me. So, and ask yourself as well, did Jesus always feel like opening his Bible? See, sometimes like, oh, do I have to do this again? I'm not really sure whether I can be bothered this time. Well, we'll see. Verse 41. Lord, give me your unfailing love, the salvation you promised me. Then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. All of us have prayed that sometimes, haven't we? I feel far from God. I don't even know if he loves me right now. Okay, I trust the Bible's kind of a good thing somewhere. But that's kind of it. That's all I can manage right now. So it starts just with trust. And then look what happens after that. Don't snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. Okay, so it's not just trust. It's beginning to hope now, to hope that there'll be a point in bothering with this bit of Bible reading I'm doing. 
But then he gets better. Look, I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. Gone from trust to hope to obedience. This is good. I want to do this. I want to live differently because of what I'm reading. Verse 45, I will walk in freedom for I've devoted myself to your commandments. Devotion, realising this is the way to live. I feel better when I live this way. Verse 46, I'll speak to kings about your laws and I won't be ashamed. I'm starting to talk to other people now. Verse 47, I delight in your commands. I love them. And verse 48, I honour and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. I'm chewing on this. It's like a wonderful thing to spend lots of time on. Now, hopefully all of you have experienced this to some extent. First few times you read the bit of the Bible, you're like, wow, that was a load of rubbish. Didn't, nothing really happened. Don't get it. But then the more we get into it, the more it starts to make sense. The more we begin to feel it, rather than just thinking it's the right thing to do. But we'll only get to that that all of us want when we screw up our courage and just obey it. Just do it because it's the right thing to do. Not because we expect that it's going to be amazing when we first plough through it. Psalm 119 reveals Jesus' own attitude to the Bible. He invites us to share this, to have our resistance overcome, to get past not understanding it or not feeling like bothering with it, to have our shifting, unsure, depressing thoughts flooded with the light and life of his perfect wisdom. He gives understanding when we obey and he awakens our emotions when we obey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please would we take Jesus seriously when he says these words and means them. Please would you help us to be obedient to what we read and to your command that we do read it. And please would you meet us as we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Sheila's going to continue in prayer.